I am joined today with the lovely Miss Gina Remby, who is heading up the Smart Energy Challenge for Wellington. I'm just going to reach over and casually get my notes, as you do. Now, um, Gina, I have met a couple of times before, so I'm really thrilled to have her on the show because she's a very inspiring young woman. So I'm sure she'll inspire us all today to uh, get involved with the Smart Energy Challenge. The Smart Energy Challenge has already um, had a program released last year that was very successful so we're keen to hear a little bit more about that and about how we can get involved with this project for this year welcome to b-side stories on access radio gina thank you thanks it's great to be here great we're all wearing pretty sun frocks and very relaxed in the heat but boy how are you coping with it Oh, it's great. I love summer. So yeah. It's wonderful being back in Wellington as well, getting to enjoy the beaches and the time outside and you yeah, know, it just is. nipping out from the office going for a lunchtime swim. And you can do a swim. And that's the funny thing about Wally. We may not get the weather all the time, but when we get it, everything's so accessible, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. right there. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I've still got wet hair from my quick dip before getting down here. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. I love that salty feeling. Yay. So, Gina, tell us about the Smart Energy Challenge. Like, what is it aiming to do? Mm-hmm. So, the Smart Energy Challenge came into existence last year. So, uh, it was kind of dreamt up by a couple of people at Inspiral and the Wellington City Council. Right. And then first came about as a public-facing challenge at the beginning um, of 2014 and then ran as like a very kind of piloty version at the time, and the it won an SBN award, I think, in the renewables innovation category. So yes. the council were pleased and Inspiral were pleased with how it went. So uh, late last year, we set on to planning the challenge for 2015. So we kind of went away and tried to look at what had worked well in the previous iteration and what needed to be built on right. to improve on it. And so here we are back again. Uh, it's just launched for submissions last week, on the well, the week before. 15th of January yes. and uh, yeah so applications are currently open for the challenge and it's all about unleashing community driven climate change responses for Wellington so it's all about um, finding those community projects and those things bubbling away where people just need a little bit of a push and the smart energy challenge can be the the program that helps them bring their project to life the instigator basically the catalyst yeah. nice so There were some great outcomes out of last year. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what some of those were so that they can get an idea of of what are some possibilities for this year? Yeah, for sure. So last year, three um, projects went through the challenge. Uh, This year, we're looking at having up to five teams participate. Uh, But last year, the ones that took part uh, was Solair, which is an R&D project around solar energy. Uh, which is currently in a pilot phase in Lower Hutt. Then there was Shift Akashi, which was a very ambitious project. And uh, it's, yeah, it, it kind of didn't go as well as everybody would have liked. Everybody would have liked to see Akashi yes, come to life in yes. Wellington. So it looks as though there's more work going into that this year. Good, good. Um, and the other one that went through was Arrow Solar, which was a project for getting um, photovoltaic um, panels onto the roof of the Arrow Valley Community Hall. And um, one of the teams, team members, um, I spoke to her yesterday and she said it was around a couple of months after the challenge had concluded that the panels actually had gone up on the roof itself. So they're currently waiting for the first results to come back to see how far having the PVs on the roof has actually made a difference on the energy bills for the for the community hall. Yes, but quite an exciting idea that, you know, all of our community places 
I guess that was one of the instigators. Why do, well, why do you think the SBN award, that was a pretty great thing to be chosen. Was there anything in particular that you thought was the, was the, the thing that triggered that one? Yeah, I think actually it's around collaboration. It's making sure that the different parts of our communities, whether that's civic community or business community or the kind of government side, all need to come together and work well together with one another and add value where each of them have expertise and skills to make sure that we can bring about the best of what Wellington has to offer. So, uh, yeah, businesses like Deloitte, um, are partnering this year right. with Pledge Me, who are helping with the crowdfunding. Yes. Gen Zero as the you know the youth climate movement yes. helping us, and then we've got the um, New Energy Research Institute and the Energy Efficiency Conservation Authority on board as well this year. And I think it's last year as this year, it's all around getting everybody to pull pull together and make make good things happen for Wellington. Um, and yeah people get excited by it and it's great yeah yeah they do and you're right about that collaboration and I think coming out of last year I, I really and I think our the CEO from SBN also it's all about that really pulling together so this is quite a remarkable example really this time with that many collaborators on board from different such different I mean you've got almost a protest group you know that could be seen as a protest group with Gen Zero working with Deloitte yeah and I think essentially that's the future, you know, that's yeah. where, where the future is, that we, the activists often have the expert knowledge, but truth be told, if, you know, if a finance person has the finance knowledge and how can you make the two of them, would the two of those worlds right. come together to make sure that everybody can add what they have and have like a collective kit in nearly of, of mm. skills and ex- expertise and being able to build on that and do things that are great for, for the city. And the vision for this challenge is also that if it goes well again this year, how you know, how can it go further than just Wellington? And not that Wellington isn't a great start, but no. there are many others, all the other cities in the, in the around the world are, are tackling climate change. And how can how could Wellington be a global leader in demonstrating how community-driven climate change can be brought to life? I love, hearing, to that. I love hearing that idea. That's fantastic. And so... What is it, understanding the councils, so they've got the Eco City 2040 vision, how does this fit in with, with going toward that? I guess the money that's, or the money's coming from for, for this is the Smart Energy Fund. Great, so it's the, and it's dollar for dollar, isn't it? So, the, so that's another, actually I'll let you explain that. Yeah, for sure. So um, the way in which the challenge in, in general works is that we take, um, we narrow down the applicant teams down to up to five, as I said before, and then they go through a range of workshops and events throughout the month of March, um, most of which happen on a Tuesday and Thursday, and right. mostly out, it's out-of-work times so that people who've got full-time work commitments but have got something bubbling away can still can take part in that. Um, and then from then onwards, the one of the kind of landmark times in this challenge is that because it's community-driven, the projects need to gather the support of the crowd, quite literally, in that they have to launch a crowdfunding campaign on Pledge Me and uh, raise some money as investment, yes, monetary investment in their own project. And the Wellington City Council then dollar for dollar matches that money up to $25,000. So for somebody who initially it's, had it's no investment money. at all, yeah. you <laughs> end up with you know, $10,000 
um, towards a project to help bring it to life. Wow, that's a very exciting, because often that's the handbrake for people, isn't it? Sometimes you've got the idea and you might have the manpower, but actually financially it just feels like an overwhelming no-go. And yeah. I think often it's that commitment to having people who gather at the same time with the same purpose and connecting to like-minded individuals and other teams is actually such a powerful force in, in bringing things to life. So mm. having something like the challenge, which is, you know, it's quite a rigid schedule. It's not a thing you can just do casually on the side. It'll, it'll require commitment to the cause, but it means that you can connect, you can learn, you can upskill yourself. And um, one of the participants from last year said that she'd learned more in those six weeks of the challenge than she had in six weeks at her job. And you wow. know, if we all just went about doing that for six weeks at a time, then just wow. imagine where people can up, could end up, really. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right, that, that really pushing yourself. And I guess because you, yeah, you're just so on the edge all the time, I think, with a project like this, aren't you, that you're really looking in the face of it. Yeah, you mm. are. And we've got a couple, like part of the team who I've been working with, is making sure that we've got a liaison for the teams as well who, who check in what they're up to and right. where they're at so that the workshops get... Um, tailored and obviously we've kind of worked out what stepping stone workshops people need along the way so anything from financial planning to um, how to gather the support of your crowd but really making sure that we've got a great idea of where the teams are at so that we can check in with them and put them in, in touch with the right people or kind of prod them in the right directions and maybe give them a new idea about what path to kind of go down and explore on to make sure that by the end they really feel like they've they've gathered as much as possible mm. in, in that time. Fantastic. That's great support support backing mm-hmm. as well. So back to that question about the council's vision. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, can you explain how how this will fit in to that vision for the councillors and what their interest is in the Smart Energy Challenge? I guess it's just all around bringing climate change responses to life and mm. having a smarter capital. As I guess is the tagline. It's it's a variety of things. It could be anything from better use of data, smart transport, smart energy. So I guess the other thing for us in this is that um, between Inspiral and Wellington City Council, we worked out that it's it's not only about the reduction in fossil fuels and it's that kind of uptake, but also how can we broaden the remit of what a climate change response can be so that essentially anybody realises they're affected by climate change and can work out what each and every one of us can do yes. to to come up with solutions for that. And I guess it, it's great seeing the council take that responsibility back to its citizens as well because, mm. in essence, all the residents of Wellington make up who and who we are as a city. So we can't just say, well, the council will solve that tip for us or anybody will solve solve you know climate change for us. Mm, mm. It's, it's a collective impact thing, so taking that responsibility back to a civic level is actually a great way of coming up with um, solutions and making sure that everybody takes responsibility for, for doing something about it. That's very a very fair call, and I think we Kiwis are very good at sitting back and saying it's the government needs to do something when you're right, each and every one of us on a daily basis are contributing. Mm. And, yeah, so in that way, the Smart Energy Challenge is a is a Kickstarter for that, just kind of giving mm. people a bit of a push and a gentle shove in the right direction of making things happen. Great, and some good ideas too. So there were there are some ideas on the website that I thought looked quite 
inspiring and amazing because I did go away and think, well, what could I do? And my brain went a bit dull. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was really good. Could you explain some of those ideas that are that you're teasing us with? <laughs> yeah, and I guess some of the things on the um, blog are examples from last year and things that are future facing but mm. already in existing. So in in existence. So for example, that ride share, the the bike share that's just come up in Christchurch, for example. Yes. Um, is is something that's happened in cities around the world, and why why hasn't New Zealand yeah. gotten on board with that and on that? And uh, I guess it's just trying to showcase examples that that demonstrate the variety of solutions that can be can be part of that as well. Do you have a favourite? Um, I really like the idea of a really good ride share. So not right. also a car share would be great yes. for so many Wellingtonians. Things are, you know, sometimes it's great to have a car for the weekly shop, but really it just we sits there for six days a week. all need to own one. Or, yeah. But I think also ride shares, if I think of all the people travelling up and down the coast, each individually mm. in their cars, mm. how, why is carpooling not not a bigger thing, for example? Um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the big ones. You weren't around in the 70s, I'm guessing. Well, I, I am from... Oh, when Muldoon suddenly decided that we were all going to share a car for a day. And, you know, you, we look back and we thought he was absolutely fascist for doing that. But now I'm like, actually... Mm. And obviously I, w- I wasn't around in the 70s yeah. to listen to that. But um, I'm from Berlin originally and oh. I... Taking... A ride with a stranger, relatively, right. is a common thing. So if I wanted to mm. go from Berlin to Cologne as a student or on a regular basis, it's it's common that people share rides because mm. it's, it's just more economical and more efficient on so many levels. Um, and so I can see it work. And I guess it's just normalizing those ideas to yes. make them seem less crazy. And actually, if everybody does it and everybody treats it normally, then... It's absolutely fine. Mm, mm. I love that word normalise and it it makes you realise how many fixed ideas we have in our heads about the way Mm. things should be, doesn't it? So that's interesting. I'm just going to swing around a bit that you've come from Berlin. You opened a can of worms there. How does a girl like you end up in Wellington then? (laughs) Well, originally when I was 16, I attended a high school exchange um, at Wellington High here here in town. So I lived in Wellington for 10 months at the time. And just absolutely loved loved it here. So I um, went back to Berlin to finish high school, and the way the school system works just ended up me finishing with, at the age of 19. So as soon as I was done with high school, I packed my bags and came back to Wellington um, just on a working holiday visa and wow. hung out in Wellington for four or five months at the time and then ended up going back to Europe to study to get a degree in fashion of all, you know, of all things. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, via a detour of um, living in Toronto and in Amsterdam and in London, ended up getting together with a guy from Wellington High School. So oh, my goodness. We then spent five years together in London, and it was then time to come back here. So back you come. Back we came. Wellington is lucky to have you, Gina. Good. Wow, that's amazing. So so you are taking quite a different career route from fashion. Um, what has inspired you down the path that you're on? Um, I, I thought about this recently, actually, because people were like, how do yeah. you study fashion? How do you, how do you 
you do that? <laughs> and at the time, I read um, Naomi Klein's No Logo, which I think was one of the big books that inspired me not to go into the fashion industry. Right, yeah. And I guess you yourself will know what, you know, dark corners look <laughs> in the fashion industry. And I just thought the having learned more about the industry, I realized I didn't want to spend my time mm. in an industry that can be so exploitative and so just hard to trace where things come from, really. And I think in the time since it's come a long way and people are working on it, but all the kind of subcontractor agreements on how you can kind of, you know, cover up all sorts of atrocities going on just yes. wasn't for me. So I ended up, uh, funnily enough, um, on the fringes of advertising. And I guess something that I still like is that that strategic thinking of, of where do we right, need to be yes. and why. And that's kind of how I ended up doing this work. But ending back up in Wellington, I um, landed at Inspiral essentially through right. um, my work at Lifehack, which I also do um, on a part-time basis. And that was just, it kind of felt like I'd found home with people who, who cared, people who work on social impact projects and, yeah. and who really think, about where the world is going and why and how we can try, try to lead it on a better path, I suppose. And all of my work since with Lifehack and with the Smart Energy Challenge has kind of fitted onto that of, um, I guess, helping people bring good things about mm. faster and into the world. And Lifehack does that and, and the Smart Energy Challenge does that too. It's fantastic. What a wonderful journey to be on and amazing to find those those like-minded people because that's part of it sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. that's actually one of the most powerful things. I um I used to volunteer in London at a with a crew called Good for Nothing who used to put on hack hack weekends for social enterprises in the weekend and whilst I was working in the advertising industry Monday to Friday, I would spend my weekends there wow. helping social enterprises get better at what they did mm. and actually realised that that was way more where I wanted to be. But during my time in London, couldn't quite make the jump from uh, from the one to the other. So it was just kind of good timing coming back to Wellington that that all lined up, really. Fantastic. What is it about Wellington, then? Do you think that we've got something special or unique globally going on in Wellington at the moment with the cluster of social enterprises going on? I do, I do think so, and it's partly, partly the geography and its location, mm -hmm. and partly what comes with that. So, given the kind of tucked away in the harbour, that like relatively small city centre, um, increases the probability of people running into one another, which I think is you know more increased serendipity, I suppose, where you run into people mm. having a chat and you're like, oh, we were just talking about this and. Um, what do you think about that? And a lot more collaboration, I think, comes out of out of that. Whereas, you know, in other cities that aren't as geographically kind of compact, compact, <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, it's it's not as easy to do that. And mm. yeah, I think it's a combination of factors. But it's Wellington seems to be a magnet for great people as well. Just looking around, in Spiral and beyond, the people who are around are quite phenomenal. And I just feel really lucky to feel thoroughly placed in that and having having made it my home over the last year I feel like actually that's not a very long time at all to no. feel at home in a place where I hadn't properly lived in for 10 years but also to end up where you have so yeah, yeah well done oh very exciting lots of things going on my head's buzzing but I think you're very right about um the way that Wellington kind of 
thrives. But it's interesting that there feels like a, a real pressing on. Their energy could go anywhere, but it definitely seems to be like an energy for good, I'd like to say, but I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. And I reckon that's it, it's a great place to be. And it feels... A privilege, it's a privilege to be in a town that's got things like like Live the Dream and Akina Launchpad yes. and, um, you know, things like Life Act going on and things like the Science Energy Challenge where people just come together. So it feels like there's there's a great amount of opportunities for people of a variety of ages and backgrounds out mm. there. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just really great to kind of be part of that universe. Yes. Good that you're, but like attracts like. Now, what about the Smart Energy Challenge? How do we get involved with that? What is, where do we go next? Yeah, so um, we had our very first, very kind of uh, informal event last night at uh, on Monday. Um, and <laughs> this we... heat makes us lose <laughs> track of the days, doesn't it? <laughs> and then we've got our launch event um, next Wednesday, which is the 4th of Feb. Um, in the evening at the at the Sustainability Trust. Great. And e- anybody who's interested in coming to that should just head to the website, which is smartenergychallenge.org.nz, and there's a link to an RSVP list, and anybody who's interested um, can come along and hear what our partners and the organisers have got to say and um, get a bit of background knowledge from the likes of Gen Zero of what the smart energy thing can really be and how it could manifest itself itself in the lives of the people um, in Wellington. And, um, yeah, so that's the official launch. However, the applications are open until the 15th of February. Great. So, so that, that was 15th till the 15th? Yeah, exactly. So they, they kicked off on the 15th of Jan and they're carrying through until the 15th of February so that we've got the launch event in between and get people excited and anybody who's on the fence, we can just kind of gently push down the path of entry um, and make sure that they... Um, got a good idea and know kind of where they want to be headed um we're looking for teams between two and four people right. to submit an application um all of the forms and more information and faqs live online again on the same website great and then um between the closing of the entries we'll spend the following week narrowing down um who the participating teams are and again it's just important to point out that it's not a competition so by the time the che- teams have been chosen going through following that there won't be a winner of the challenge it's more about the learning and, and the getting the things on the road rather than having them necessarily the shiniest right. or best thing yeah um yeah so applications close and then the applications get whittled down to the to the five who then get notified and then we kick into the workshop mode i think it's Tuesday the 3rd of March is the first one. Wow. So <laughs> you guys are bang, bang, bang. That's great. Very and then, thorough. <laughs> and then it carries on basically Tuesday, Thursday with a couple of um, kind of curveballs thrown in there as well. And generally the crowdfunding goes live in early April and then that kind of runs between April and May so that the projects can come to life kind of after that. We could be seeing more amazing ideas happening around Wellington this year. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Go the Smart Energy Challenge. Yay, Gina, thank you so much. One more quick question. What do you love about Wellington? Um, I think it's a combination of the people and what Wellington has to offer geographically. So I I love kind of hanging out in the town belt and running on the trails and going for swims. And everybody is just relaxed enough and 
spontaneous enough to just make things happen on a whim. And I think that's really great. And it kind of shows in people having spontaneous barbecues or swims at lunchtime to people coming together and bringing different things to life like these things. That's right. Nice. So Wellington's spontaneous. You could have a tagline there. Gina, it is amazing to have you on B-Side Stories on Access Radio this evening. So that's the website is the Smart Energy Challenge. If you Google that, you should easily find it. Yeah, so it's smartenergychallenge.org.nz. Org. 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 Nice. 